In this episode, my friend Brian and I discuss what he's doing with his family with the infinite banking concept. Interesting man, interesting story, and uh, great conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. My name is James Nethery. I'm your host, and I'm as excited as I can be today to have my friend Brian Mulvaney on with us today. Uh, very interesting man. Uh, he's just, I, I think maybe you've been practicing this concept for about a year formally with the infinite banking concept, but I'm telling you, Brian has a great story. He's a real life individual, family man. He's been doing family banking for years prior to us meeting, and this helped him put form into it. Um, but I want him to share who he is and his story. So thank you for coming on, Brian. How are you this morning? I'm great, James. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm, I'm excited to to share with you, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching you and Ryan on on the uh, internet, and excited to have the opportunity to just kind of share my story with others. Oh, perfect. So, how if we back up? Um, I think, I mean, I think we've known each other for about a year, a little over a year. Yeah. So, prior to that, how did you how did you discover the uh, infinite banking concept? I mean, how were you exposed to this idea? Sure. Sure. Well, my story actually begins all the way back in about 2008. Uh, I'm normal person here in Ohio, live in Ohio. Uh, my wife's a school teacher. I've been in the IT industry for over 30 years, and we're just normal people. Didn't come from money. You know, we didn't, it wasn't desolate or anything. My wife was from a family with eight kids, so they were constantly, you know, battling at the table for food, right? <laughs> right. <clears throat> but, um, but we're just normal people. And uh, we had four kids. And in 2008, where we were in our lives was uh, our first child had graduated college. We had one in college, two still in high school. And I've always been a planner. I'm always looking out 5, 10, 15 years, especially where finances are concerned. And so I got to thinking, you know, what are we going to do when we no longer have to pay college tuition? And eventually we're going to pay off our house. And what are we going to do with that money? once we don't have to spend it on those things anymore. And so my idea or my goal was to try and <clears throat> find a way to help our kids. You know, as parents, we all want our kids' lives to be easier than ours. And so I was looking for some way to try and help them. And so I got this idea that, you know, four kids plus my wife and I, that's five families. We're paying interest on mortgages, on cars, all these different things. If we could find a way to funnel that interest into ourselves, you know, into our own uh, accounts instead of a bank's accounts, then that would be a great thing. And so, again, clear back in 2008, I started working on a spreadsheet, worked on it for several years, you know, how might we be able to do this and, and came up with an, an idea, just a concept, you know, if we could ever get to the point where we could amass a set of money, our kids could then borrow from that money. Again, my concept was it would be borrowing, right? This isn't about giving them a gift, but it's about allowing them to borrow the money, pay the money back. They would probably be able to pay less than they're paying to a bank, but they're still investing in the future generations of our family. So that was kind of the idea. I had, you know, a spreadsheet all together, you know, that kind of laid this all out with, you know, what mom and dad are going to put into the bank and what each kid's going to borrow and what they're going to pay back. And 
I had, I'm in IT, right? So <laughs> I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy and, and, and I'm a math major to boot. So I love the numbers. I love the finances. So I had that together. I was just looking for what was the right vehicle. You know, I didn't know um, exactly where I could do that sort of thing. Uh, at the time, I was thinking, well, maybe this thing called a trust. I always heard of a trust. My family never had trusts, but maybe I could do that through a trust. And so I talked to some lawyer friends of mine, and the more I learned about trust, it didn't really seem like it was what I was looking for either. And so to be honest with you, I had kind of set the idea aside. I had said, I can't find the right mechanism. I'm going to kind of stop looking at this. And my wife and I decided what we did, would do instead. This was probably four or five years later, maybe in 13, 14, something like that. We decided we'll just create kind of an early inheritance for our kids, right? We'll start, we'll give them a gift. You know, they won't have to repay it. It won't be as big, you know, as the vision, right? But we'll do something to help them, help them take care of a bill. And so I was in that process, you know, we were doing these early inheritance payments to our kids. And, and then one night, you know, I was on the internet. I don't even remember what I was looking at, but I'm pretty sure that the first video I saw was you speaking to a bunch of, I think there were real estate investors where you went through the whole concept and you described to me all the things I had lived. You know, we, we invested in IRAs and 403Bs and 401Ks right from the start. In our 20s, you know, again, math person, financial person, we started right then when we had no house, we had no car payments. So we had invested in those things, but my money had been locked up for 40 years and I couldn't use it. And, and you told me why, you know, you, you kind of explained that to me. And I thought, man, this makes all kinds of sense. And then you started talking about infinite banking. And I said, there it is. You know, that's the thing I've been looking for. That's a way that we can set this up. We can, the, the other thing, you know, I'd invested in the stock market. So I understood the ups and downs and, but that, I knew that wasn't where I wanted to be. You know, it's just too volatile. And, but when you talked about 100-year-old insurance companies, you know, who've been paying, paying a dividend for 100 years, maybe it's not 15%, but it's not 1% or less than 1% that you get in a bank account either. So I thought, well, that was, that was what I was looking for. And so the first thing I did was, <clears throat> can't remember, I don't think I got on your website at that point because you know, I wasn't sure that I could trust you yet or not. So, sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just some guy talking on the internet, right? <laughs> there you go. So I think I went to like uh, Amazon or something and bought Nelson's book, yeah. read through Nelson's book. And then the next thing I did was I found your series, your review. I think it's six different <clears throat> six different podcasts on the different chapters or the different sections of the book. And, you know, I was in, you know, hook, line and sinker. This was what I was looking for. So then I reached out to you and, and haven't looked back since, you know, as you said, a year ago, I just had my one year anniversary on our first policy. Um, but I've already started to look at <clears throat> not only a policy on myself, but also of course, a policy on my wife. Um, we're about to turn, uh, 59 and a half. So we're about to enter the <laughs> golden decade, I think you call it. Golden 12 years or 13 years. It's a magical. Have, yeah. yeah. When we have access to that money and my plan is to move it. You know, it's it's been doing what it's been doing, but we're going to move it into our own bank. We're going to create opportunity for our family in the future. Uh, I've already begun to talk to my kids about this concept. 
I haven't inundated them with IBC and all the terms, but I've said, I've introduced the concept of what if we as a family, right? We got five families. You know what a mortgage is like. They all have a mortgage now, so they get it, right? I can show them you're paying, you know, 90% interest, not that 3% the bank told you, right? So what if we could, what if we as a family could capture all that interest for future generations of our family? That's how I introduce it to them because, you know, they're, they're still young, early thirties, you know, mid twenties. And so I don't want to overwhelm them, but I wanted to give them a concept that they could kind of latch onto and they could see that this is not just for me or just for them, but it's for generations of our family. So uh, I started that process, you know, they've all kind of understand that much of the concept and I've, I've ordered starter kits for all of them and we'll be having this kind. I already had the conversation with my oldest. He's, he and his wife are fully on board. And so uh, the next thing I had reached out to you recently and the next thing I plan to do after my wife's policy and my policy is set up as Nelson describes in his book, you know, to do this generationally, it's the grandparents' uh, responsibility to set these up for the grandkids. And that's what I plan to do. Um, that's an even distribution of age classes. I believe 70 or set page 70 or 71 in Nelson's first book, Becoming Your Own Banker. So thank you for letting me say that. Now keep going. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. No, I, I love it too. You know, th- this is, like I say, this is what I had been looking for. I just didn't know what it was called. I didn't know. It's interesting that I didn't know about it either because you talk about yourself being in the insurance industry for a long time before you ever heard about it. My right. father was an insurance agent. That's what he did. I had whole life policies way long ago. And so I understood cash value. I understood the difference between term and whole life. And I had experienced that and I had seen the growth. And what I did though, a a while back is when I decided how am I gonna do college education, I had cashed in all those policies and decided that wasn't the way I was gonna do it. Because sure. I was ignorant, right? Well, <laughs> did you so, have did you have some encouragement from? And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I bet you couldn't have spoken with one single financial guru who would have disagreed with you at that time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're, I, I'm a person who who tends to trust his own judgment over others. So to be right. honest, I, I didn't go looking for advice. Uh, that's what made sense to me, and so I moved in that direction. But when this came full circle. And it came back to life insurance. Perhaps I was had a little bit of a benefit over some people in that I didn't necessarily have a negative impression of life insurance, right? You know, because I had had that experience in the past. You know, I gotta say, Ohio, you know, uh, has is has a rich history of life insurance companies. I'm not saying that they all still exist in Ohio, but Ohio has had a lot of mutual life insurance companies domiciled there. So I'm awesome. glad you I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad your daddy was an agent. So keep yeah. going. <laughs> okay, so so uh, And he was probably a pillar in his community, right? I mean, he his I mean, there was Never met a stranger. Never met right. he he was what he was a born salesman, you know, which for me, <laughs> which for me, I'm an IT guy. I like to sit in the back office. I don't really I don't really care to be out in the spotlight, but oh my God, my dad was completely the opposite. (laughs) He's one of those fathers. Did you ever have a father who, when you went to a restaurant, you knew where you were going to be embarrassed by the time you left because of the way he 
pick the way he teased the waitress. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had one just like that. Yeah, I had one just like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they loved him, right? Oh, the, the waitresses, they loved him. Hundred yeah. percent. Everybody loved him. Yep, yep. So, uh, um, so again, our plan, my plan, policy on myself already in place. As soon as we have access to those other funds, open up a policy on my wife, max that out right away. <clears throat> Once I'm fifty nine and a half, and then begin working on the grandkids. Now, what I'm going to do, what I plan to do with my kids is educate them. Have them read the book before I'm even going to talk to them. They have to read the book, and then, <laughs> and then, get them educate them on the fact that if they're doing something, you know, they're probably all doing something related to um, their retirement, additional retirement plans, IRAs, 401, all those traditional qualified plans, as well as those sort of plans for their kids. What I plan to do with the kids' policies is. My wife and I are going to put a certain amount in every month. And then I'm going to say to my kids, now, this is what this looks like if only grandma and I participate. But if you guys want to participate too and match what we're doing, look what this can do for your child by the mm-hmm. time they're college age. So I hope to involve them that way so that they can kind of redirect whatever they're doing for college education into this vehicle. Because again, this vehicle doesn't have all the rules that 529 plans and all those things have. We can use this for anything we want and we can use it, you know, I have grandkids who are not even one yet. So over the 22 years we're gonna be saving, we can use that money to, to do purchase other things that we have to purchase anyway. So that's my plan for grandkids. And then for my kids, I'm gonna just educate them on, this is an alternative to that 401k, that um, IRA that you guys are doing for your retirement. We can do it this way and educate them. I mean, the real power to me of infinite banking is you can use the money while you're saving the money. And you can pay yourself back the interest instead of a bank so that it grows even that much more. And I'll tell you those illustrations that you guys ran for me on the grandkids, (laughs) They were very powerful. I mean, when you consider five grandkids, the starting death benefit for the five grandkids at just a few, you know, $100 a month, it's just really powerful in terms of what that could do and the security that it gives your family, you know, to know that you're covered, you know, if some disaster should strike and, you know, something bad should happen to someone in the family, finances aren't going to be an issue. And the, right. and the last piece to my plan is um, I had I had three brothers. I'm the youngest of, of four boys. And one of my brothers <clears throat> unfortunately died a number of years ago. And his two children still live here around me, you know, in Grove City. And I have a brother who lives here. And from time to time, you know, they aren't the best with their finances. They're young, you know. And so there are times when they kind of need some help. And so you know, another they, thing, they may listen to this podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You never know. But but my but my plan. Now I'm going to have this conversation with them. Is you know, would they be open to me taking out a policy on them, so that if anything happens, they each have a child, right? So so they have a child. They need to worry about well, what if something happens to me? And neither one of them are in a position where they could have afford life insurance of their own they aren't 
really, you know, into financial, the, the financial aspects of their life aren't, aren't priority, you know, as, right. as for many people. And so I'm gonna, uh, that's another thing I plan to do. The more I think about this, the more I think, you know, I want to wrap my mind around income equals premium, you know, and I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. So I know that long-term I'm going to want as many policies as I can to put as much income as I can into those policies as premium. And so I saw this as a perfect opportunity to, you know, provide for them, right? If they have financial needs in the interim, then I can help them. I can take loans from their policy. We can pay it back. I can help them with that. If something were to happen to them, we'd be in a position to help their child, you know, with their ongoing finances. So that's another thing that I plan to do in terms of our family bank. And that's as far as I am so far in, in my thinking, but I'm sure, you know, more will, will come. Oh, that's very good. I mean, there's, you know, I just have to say that there are insurability limitations and requirements. So, um, I'm not I'm just speaking in general and factually that there has to be insurable interest, <clears throat> you know, for all of us to be able to purchase life insurance. So there right. are issues that, that have to be dealt with and worked through. And then um, the idea of premium equaling income, you know, if you extrapolate the what's going on in the all American family, um, you know, Nelson said himself, every time you have income, it goes into someone else's bank. And yeah. that's not, you know, where you started, right? You've been doing this for about right. a year. Um, and they're all worthy goals. And it's a correct direction, in my opinion, to go to um, to create a system of policies where you and your family can control the banking function. And I, you know, I'm very proud of you. I commend you. You're leading the way um, by example. I mean, I came from a family with four children, right? Some of us got it by osmosis, and some of us <laughs> it took longer than others, you know? And then, too, you know, I'm 56 currently. The older I got, the smarter my dad became. No know? kidding. When I was 20, I'm like, yeah, I know everything. Yeah. When I'm 25, it's like, I don't know as much as I thought, and he's he knows more than I thought he did. By the time I'm 30, it's like, oh, my gosh, he's a very smart man. By the time I'm 45, I'm like, I wish he was here. Um, yes. But the uh, – Premium equaling income, you know, that's a that's a worthy go in the correct direction. That's not where you started. You've been doing this for about a year. Now, in general, you know, I don't want to um, disclose any numbers or anything, but um, what has your experience been in this year? And then, and two, really, I should back up even before that, but since I asked that question, you know, let's look at that. What's, what's sure. your experience been? Have you been, you know, did, did the uh, policy or the life insurance company meet your expectations you know have you been disappointed is it about right on was it difficult i mean you know just share a little bit of your experience over the last year yeah yeah super simple you know i'm i'm an online banking kind of person so i i had to fill out a couple forms but set up monthly monthly withdrawals from my checking account to pay the premiums you know once i set it up it just happened no problem at all. And as far as performance, like I said, I just had my one year anniversary. So, and if I compare the performance of the policy with the illustration, you know, it was spot on. Did uh, did you do any loan and loan repayment activity in the first year? I, I did not in the first year, no. But I'm planning to do that here 
very soon at this right. point. But you and had it, if you wanted to. I mean, you you had the ability to do that, yes. right? Yeah. So, okay, 100%. you're not waiting for other anything other than for your own particular reasons and right. And, and, and another thing I haven't shared just yet is um, again in my desire to have access to this pot of money that I had been saving for 40 years, a few years ago, you know, like maybe three, four, five years ago, I set up what's called a solo 401k. Oh yeah, they've been really popular in the last several years. So if you're familiar with that vehicle and how it works, I was using that to do my own banking, right? Because Mm -hmm. through that mechanism, I could borrow up to $50,000 and repay myself, same concept you know, generally. And so that's what I had been using even when I started infinite banking. So, and I've been taking all kinds of loans and repaying myself through that solo 401k for a couple of years now. Right. And then, so great point. You can bank with anything. I remember that now that you bring that up. Um, the solo 401k. I mean, you can legitimately, you can bank with anything banking because, because banking is a process. It is not a product. But uh, right. as Nelson discovered in 1980, he was a life insurance agent since 1964. Okay. Mm. So, and he'd been paying high premiums, you know, I say it many times, $18,000 a year in 1980 is what he had been paying. Wow. All right. That's a substantial premium. And, um, then when the, and he was a real estate investor, you know, he liked real estate cash flows, leverage and other people's money. And uh, when things went wrong, he clearly seen that life insurance had more characteristics of a banking entity than uh, than it even does life insurance. So uh, my point being is you can bank with anything. No question. And there's yeah. never, never a problem, Brian. There's never a problem until there's a problem. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's like. Uh, when there is a problem, you know, when the tide's up, everybody's swimming beautifully. When the tide goes out, you see who's uh, swimming naked or you see who's uh, not really fishing. Anyway. That's great. Here's, um, the way I, here's the way I like to say it, James, is the way I view life is, you know, as I said, my wife and I didn't come from much, but God has blessed us. And yep. the way I view it is God provides us with the resources and it's our job to distribute them, you know, and, and we're open, you know, right now in Ohio, everybody's going through a really tough time. My wife right now is out delivering food. <laughs> That's what she does. You know, she takes right. care of people. Right. And so I just see infinite banking as a way for us to continue, you know, uh, spreading around God's blessings and teaching my kids. It's not so much teaching my kids because I think they have that in their heart, but it's giving them the resources, giving them the means to be, you know, unusually generous in in their adult lives. Sure, absolutely. I I've said, you know, here this is uh, uh, the twenty seventh. Is today the twenty seventh? <laughs> I should know what date. I it think is. it's the twenty eighth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here we are at the end of March. You know, all across the country, we've had this shelter in place with many states. You know, for the last couple of weeks, which. I understand things are going on in the big wide world. There's a real virus. I get all that, but I don't necessarily agree that you have to beat down uh, the local economy, you know, lock up the local economy. However, I'm just saying all that to say this, that this, the infinite banking concept, this idea of controlling your cash flows, controlling the banking function in your life is the antithesis of what's going on 
in the big wild world today. Um, yeah. So it's just so happens, uh, you know, this, our ability and opportunity here to speak today, you know, in this current environment, I think is even that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I got to tell you, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I'm not a detail. I mean, I'm a very detail-oriented individual, but I'm past the numbers when it comes to the infinite banking concept because I've done this right. personally for 15, 16 years. I mean, uh, the companies that we work with do what they say they're going to do. We can count on them. We're not hoping that they do what they uh, say they're going to do. We're not practicing on you. So having said all that, I, I did look at your numbers before I sit down, okay? Um, and... And we use, and I've said it many times, an illustration is an illustration. It's wrong as soon as you print it, and it is, because, you know, it's what you do or don't do has a greater bearing on the results of a policy than than even the life insurance company. We can't control the dividend scale. We can't control the interest rates. We can't control the markets. We can't do any of that. All we can do is control um, what we can control is what we do and, and the attitude in which we do it in, all right? Um, but I got to say that the, you know, the illustrations, we use them in my office to educate, you know, here's an asset, this, this, here's a relationship to the numbers, this is why we built the policies the way we built them, you know, and this is, um, we don't just build them willy-nilly, we have um, detailed conversations to understand you, your family, what you're trying to do, and then we handcraft them, we customize them, mm-hmm. and, and we're very proud of that, on purpose, with intent, um, and then, you know, it's implemented, right? We go through the underwriting process, and it's got to get past the underwriter, and it's got to be issued and delivered, and then it comes into application. You're paying premiums until you're going to do something that you're going to do anyway. And then here it is, uh, the, 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 the clock rolls over 12 months later, and by golly, you get an annual report, right? Because these are guaranteed products, you get annual statements, not quarterly statements, right? So it's really it's, uh, about as exciting as watching paint dry, you know, looking at a, <laughs> yep. a life insurance policy. However, um, and, and you can attest to this if you've done it, when you go online and you look at your, you know, values, they're going up every year. I mean, every day, every day, every day, every day. And so, long story, but I just... Before I walked in and sat down, I just looked at your numbers. I wouldn't be ignorant. And we keep the original illustrations as a reference point. I call it checking for figs. The life insurance company said that they were going to do this. We said and planned on doing this. Did we do what we planned on? Did they do what they planned on? And I got to say that uh, the results of uh, your values are greater than what was originally illustrated. Yes. Um, and yeah. that is why, my friend, you own that particular company, which I'm not going to name and I don't want you to name, but um, they do what they say they're going to do. What a concept today in the financial world, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and then <laughs> your wife delivering you food? <laughs> <laughs> She's, I don't know who it is, but I'm sure they're here to pick up something, but they're just going to have to call her or something. I don't know. Well, the... Um, you know, prior to being introduced or exposed to the infinite banking concept, when, when you were doing the family banking type of thing and you were, you know, t- talked and considered a trust, I mean, what did you, were you just using or did you, were you using just savings accounts, checking accounts before you brought in the solo 401k or? No, to, uh, to, before that point, James, it was just theory. It was just something I wanted to do in the future. Because even it. if you, if you look at the dates in that, uh, 
spreadsheet that I shared. Um, and I can know. bring that up, you know, if you'd like. I can <clears throat> sure get yeah, Andrew. That'd be great. If you have it in front of you, and, yeah, I do. Uh, I have I it do. in front of me. I think Andrew could put it on the screen later, so okay, the good sure. listeners can understand what we're talking about. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you look at this spreadsheet, you know, the first few columns, it has the year and then it has ages, you know, mom and dad's age, what mom and dad are going to contribute into this family bank, and then what the balance. And you see that header on column D, trust balance. I was thinking maybe the trust was, was the way this would work from the very beginning. But again, <clears throat> I didn't envision it starting until about, about when it ended up starting. You know, because my wife hadn't retired yet, I still haven't retired, we didn't have our house paid off, all those sorts of things. This was always a, a future plan. Like I say, right. I'm, on, okay. I'm a I got it. 5, 10, 15 year planner. But then if you notice the next set of columns, they go in threes. There's three columns, then three yep. columns, three and three. And each one of those represents one of, one of our kids. It shows kind of their ages, how many loans and how much they would take as a loan and how much they would repay. And uh, down at the bottom, you can kind of get a get an overall feel. So this plan, and I went through hundreds of different versions of this plan, you know, <laughs> how much can we help our kids? You know, can we just help them, you know, a little bit or a lot or, and how does that impact the overall growth of the, the full family bank? And, so this is what I came down with, you know, a way to help our kids to the tune of, you know, half a million dollars. I mean, to me, that would have been really helpful, right? <laughs> I was just starting out. So if I could help my kids no half a million dollars, they have skin in the game. You'll see that they are paying back more than they loan than they than they borrowed, et cetera, et cetera. And you can see the growth, you know, of the overall <clears throat> uh, bank there. And so again, just conceptual. I wasn't really doing this per se, but it was just kind of my dream of I'd love to be able to do this someday. And the other thing, if you look back up at the top in the in the upper right hand corner, these were kind of my overall goals right there in blue or green, whatever color it shows up. You know, I wanted future generations of my my family to be able to begin, begin to take these loans as early as maybe thirty. And and I thought about earlier, but then I thought, no, it's kind of like what you just said. You know, people call, ask us all the time when they have teenagers, you know, what's up with these teenagers? And I say, it's okay, it's okay. You're just in that period of time when you get dumber every year. But, but just, <laughs> just be patient. Be patient because once they turn around 22, 23, 24, all of a sudden you're going to get smarter every year. You know, you're going to realize you really There's do know no. a few things. <laughs> So my thought was that age of 30 is is specific. It's not that the plan couldn't couldn't support them doing it earlier, but they wouldn't really be ready earlier, if you know what I mean. It's kind of good to let your kids struggle a little bit, right? Let them figure out that, you know, <clears throat> that the world isn't so easy. So anyway, enough about that. I wanted this plan to be able to make all future generations financially independent or debt-free by age 45. And the other thing I noted about this plan was you notice that I have them, I, I have them stop their contributions, you know, around age 60. Well, you know, they don't need to stop their contributions, right? If they continue contributing to the policy, just imagine how big these numbers could get for our family, you know, and generations to come if we continue to fund it. And so again, you know, infinite banking is infinite. 
you know, I, I look at some of those numbers and I think, <clears throat> you know, the, the sky's the limit. It's just as creative as Nelson said, you know, the only limits on infinite bagging is your imagination. You know, yeah. what, what, what can you imagine for your family? What can you imagine in ways you can help others? You know, it, it, it's about family first, certainly, but for me, it's also a way to help other people when they need it. Sure. Well, if you, you know, don't have the ability or the means to help other people, you can't help them. Exactly. It's as 100%. simple as that. And so as you were, you know, conceptually, you know, several years previously, and being a spreadsheet guy, which I am not, I know some of the best, you know, uh, Excel ninjas in the country. I am not. I didn't <laughs> yeah. create this. I didn't have any, any, you were telling me what you were doing, right? Right. Um, yeah. 100%. Right. Because, you know, the numbers are the numbers are the numbers and the numbers really, in my opinion, don't matter unless you have, unless you understand the concept. But then when you understand the concept, the numbers really don't matter, right? 100%. Yeah. But there, it's your money, it's your family money, so it's important and there's no question. And I'm as simple as, or, or as basic as, here's the original illustration. This is what we intended to do. This is what the life insurance company said they were doing or going to do. And now here's the annual report of the annual statement do they match you know we're checking for figs right. and you know if if, uh, if a tree doesn't bear fruit you got to chop <laughs> it down right right okay right. um so going back originally and when you constructed this and had this vision and this concept um you had to use some numbers even with a trust right you had to use some kind of a rate of return and then mm -hmm. you know there's no life insurance there's no death benefit with any other account other than life insurance all right. And now if we're talking about right. uh, generational wealth, family banking, um, and I got to say the banker can do whatever he wants. If, he, if the if the rules are no loans until 30, then those are the rules. Right. Right. Um, right. And, and, and uh, so did you ever calculate or have you ever calculated or included the death benefits in your machinations and your Excel Worksheets. No, no, I haven't. I mean, that uh, just that yeah. just that just creates exponential possibilities, right? right. Because it, it's <laughs> like I said when when you gave me when you gave me illustrations on my grandkids are you know less than one to to four years old, and you gave me five illustrations that created death benefit immediately of over a million dollars for our family. I, I was blown away, you know. And again, I'm not talking thousands of dollars a month to, to, to implement that. I'm talking hundreds of dollars a month, you know, and so that's what really blew me away. You know, if on this little spreadsheet that I brought up here, I was, I'm a very conservative person, right? Very Irish, you know, I like to hold on to my money right. in this. I didn't really point it out, but way up at the top of this spreadsheet in, in row number two in blue, it shows the trust interest rate that I was assuming, which was a modest 3% because I'd much rather, you know, assume low and, and what it's, what's it called? Under promise and overperform, yeah. right? So. Must be uh, 30 year <laughs> treasuries there, 3%. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, they don't I, even deliver that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. I thought I was being conservative, but not conservative enough in today's world, that's for sure. But no, I mean, the, you're right. The, the, the death benefit just, explodes you know the possibilities explodes the security that your family has when you consider if disaster were to strike at least finances wouldn't be an issue 
Yeah, there no question that that's you know if if we graduate prematurely or, but if you if you look at what you're doing, you'd be generation number one. You have all the money. Generation number one has all the money, and and I'm talking about even distribution of age classes in Nelson's book, becoming your right. banker, right? And he says that which what you referenced earlier, you should buy policies on the grandchildren, skipping your children, right? Right. Well, um, your generation number one when you load up on you and your wife, then jump the next generation and then lead the way and they get involved. I mean, if you look at just what you're doing, you're already looking at three generations, right? So if right. you owned policies on your children and y'all, you and your wife graduate, the ownership transfers to the children, right? And the first thing they're going to do right. is change beneficiaries because currently you would be the owner, they're the insured, you'd be the beneficiary. And I'm not giving life insurance or legal advice to anyone. I'm having a conversation with my friend, Brian. Okay, and y'all are just welcome to listen in if you'd like. I'm not telling you to do anything other than educate yourself. All right, uh, discover the infinite banking concept for yourself, for your own family, and 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 go to the horse's mouth, Nelson Nash, and everything else that pops up on the right side of YouTube. All those recommended videos. Go to the Nelson Nash Institute, get the 10-hour seminar that Nelson produced, and start there. And then, of course, by all means, stay on our YouTube channel. Okay. All right, so great my stuff. point, it is, my point being is you have policies on your children, right? When you and your wife graduate, everything that you've accumulated while you've been walking around on this earth is left to another individual, someone else, your people preferably if you've done a good job. So it goes to your children and your grandchildren. And then the policies that you own on the grandchildren go to the parents, right? Right. Of the children, your children. Right. The first thing they do is change beneficiaries to themselves, right? right? And then whenever they graduate, they transfer the policies to the their children, your grandchildren. And so uh, you're, I mean, we're, we're not even talking about the fourth and fifth generation that are not here that you've right. laid the groundwork for. And now right. calculate all that value to the Mulvaney family right. heritage, you know, in the future. Yeah. You can't. 100%. 100%. It's a beautiful, beautiful well, thing. I, I like, and, and I've been a person who, I, I don't need to be rich, right? I don't really want to be rich, but I don't mind knowing some of the secrets that the rich know and use, right? And so I always wondered, you know, what are these people who have billions of dollars, what do they do with that money? You know, what do people like J.C. Penney, Walt Disney, and then I, then I learned through my education of infinite banking that they had insurance policies. And a lot of, and some of those, you know, they had points in their life where those insurance policies made a difference, you know, between them kind of failing or having the massive success that they've had over the years. And, and for me, that was just one more piece of evidence that solidified for me that infinite banking was, was the right thing. It was the thing I was looking for. Until a year later, you still agree that it's the right thing. And Oh, hundred percent. Full, full steam ahead. <laughs> As quickly, and I wish I could turn fifty nine and a half today. Right, right. You know. Well, that's that's very powerful. I didn't know you were Irish, but Mulvaney, of course, you are. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I always yep. say if it <clears throat> wasn't for alcohol, the Irish would rule the world. Uh, which <laughs> right, I'm Scotch right. Irish, so I, I'm not, you know, disparaging my people. I love right. us all. Right. right all right, right. Well, anything else you'd like to share with us, Brian, before we um, part ways? Did we leave anything uh, out? I don't think so. I just I just would like to thank you. You know, somebody has to lead the way. You know, somebody has to be that 
that first person, you know, who carries on in the footsteps of a legend like like Nelson Nash. And, and I appreciate the fact that you recognized what he was teaching and that you are continuing to share that with others. Because if it hadn't been for you, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be realizing, you know, these dreams that I've had over a decade for my family. And, and like I say, I can see that this is going to become so much bigger than even I can can kind of wrap my hand, head around right now. So I appreciate your efforts to continue to spread the good good word, and I'll continue watching the podcast for sure. Well, thank you very much for saying that. My commitment has always been to do my part. That was my commitment, you know, from way back and pushing back the frontiers of ignorance. Nelson and I used to joke all the time. He got that. I got that from him. But then the positive right. side of that is expanding the frontiers of knowledge. You know, it's a worthy go. It's a worthy 100%. cause and, you know, very passionate and, and, and it's worth it. I get to meet people, cool people like you and I get to know what you're doing and your story. And there, there's really more about your family that's very cool that we did not get into. <laughs> you know, what you're actually financing and what you have financed. Very cool. So, um, Brian, thank you for sharing with us today. Um, you know, you just, I appreciate you and all your kind words. Okay? Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have all a good right. day. Have, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.